What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Kingdom Life Podcast. This is Jason Villanueva, your host, and this is episode one. And so today we'll be talking about the kingdom of God. But before we dive into that, I want to give you guys the oh snap statement of the podcast. Every single podcast I'm going to be giving an oh snap statement. Something that just kind of hit me and makes me go, dang son, that's hardcore. So A.W. Tozer says, many people say, try Jesus. That's try, quote unquote. Many people say, try Jesus. He's not there to be experimented with. Christ is not on trial. You are. Dang, A.W. Tozer. Way to kick us in the face with that one. So every episode, three things right up front. Number one, I'm going to ask you to join our Facebook group. If you've not already joined, go to facebook.com and search Kingdom Life Podcast Group and you can join. We'll ask you a couple of questions there or you can also click the link down in the show notes and it'll take you right there. Also, check us out on Instagram and Twitter and simply search Kingdom Life Podcast and you will find us. Number two, check out KingdomLifePodcast.com. You can sign up for emails and definitely go over to our Contact Us tab and send me an email. Let me know who you are. Let me know where you're from. Let me know what you like about the podcast. And as we get more response from the podcast from you guys, we are going to uh, be reading a shout out each and every episode. And so you can hear your shout out on the Kingdom Life podcast. I look forward to doing that. And also, if you can take a quick moment, rate and review the podcast, help us get up in the ranks and let more people know that we're out there bringing you kingdom life teachings and then number three download the worksheet for the episode each episode we will have a pdf download that's going to have scriptures and some notes definitions and maybe every once in a while some fill in the blanks but we want you to download that so you can follow along and really truly want this to be a uh, teaching podcast where you follow along and learn as much as you possibly can it's my heart to point each and every single one of you all to jesus each and every episode i want you to want christ more and so with that we'll get the episode rolling every episode i will give an opening statement and so here's our statement of the day the kingdom of god requires a total shift in our thinking and a changing of the lens through which we view the world. And so we're going to look at some statements that Jesus made, one in Mark, one in Matthew, another in Matthew, one in Luke, and then back in Matthew. And so we're in the Gospels looking at Jesus coming and preaching about the kingdom of God. So let me give you a little bit of just a setup of the environment into which Jesus was born into and then started his ministry preaching the good news of the kingdom of God coming. So Jesus enters into a situation where Jerusalem, all of Israel, is under Roman rule. And so the teachers of the law, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, all of the religious order, many of the many of the Israelites, the Jewish nation, are expecting that this political militant leader is going to come and free the Jews from the hand of their oppressor, the Roman rule, the Caesar, uh, King Herod, right? So... 
what we have then is this political turmoil that's happening, but there's also a religious turmoil that's going on. The people of God have been under the the rule of the teachers of the law, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and we know that they've taken the law, they've taken God's commands, and they've added on to them. And they Jesus calls them out later on for teaching rules and traditions that are taught by men. And it just talks about how really people are under this oppression. Jesus later on says to a group of people as he's teaching, he says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. And the reason he says that is because the people of God that are under this religious rule from the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the Sadducees, there's just no way that they can live up to that level of religiosity that they're trying to get the people to live up to. There's just no winning in this situation. And so Jesus comes in and essentially he's heralding a message of hope. He's heralding a message of a new kingdom order that's coming. He's saying, look, there's going to be a new way of life. There's going to be a new way to live. There's going to be a new kingdom and not only a new kingdom, but a new king. And so see, he says in Mark chapter one, verse 15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near repent and believe in the good news. And the good news is that there is a new kingdom and it's the kingdom of God. And Jesus himself will then later be known as the king of the Jews. He'll be mocked and he'll die on a cross and they'll put a banner above his head that says king of the Jews. But really, truly, he is the king of the Jews and he's ushering in a new kingdom. And he says, the times fulfilled, the kingdom of God is near. In Matthew chapter four, verse 17, he says, from then on, it says, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. And so Jesus comes and he has this message of the good news. He says, hey, look, the way things have been, they're no longer going to be this way. The way that there's been this religious oppression, look, I'm going to teach freedom and I'm going to, I'm going to teach life and I'm going to be your life and I'm going to be life abundantly. And so in essence, Jesus is coming as this great liberator. He's liberating people from the hand of oppression, of religiosity, religion, of this unattainable holiness that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law were holding the standard they were holding these people to, but then also of the Roman rule. We know that uh, Jesus is the ultimate king. And so there's all sorts of of, uh, stuff that has already come against Jesus, even just being born into the world and King Herod finding out that Jesus has been born. And then he, he sends out people to go and kill the firstborn because he's afraid of his throne being overthrown by the new king of the Jews, which is Jesus Christ. And so... I'm talking about having to have a new mind shift, a new mentality, that there's a new kingdom in town. So Jesus, he uses this word repent. And I've heard all different kinds of definitions concerning the word repentance. And, you know, one, there's some people who say it's a militant military term and that it simply means to about face and turn around from the way that you were going. But looking at the Greek word for repentance, it, uh, it's actually metanoia. And so the definition is right here in your worksheet. And it says changed after being with and think properly. So think differently after, after a change of mind to repent, literally think differently afterwards. 
And so one of the ways that I'll describe it is I'll say to repent means to change after being with thinking. And so you spend time considering, you spend time meditating, you spend time weighing the situation and contemplating. You Maybe it's contemplative contemplative meditation on your behalf. And when you spend some time in that place, in your mind, thinking, you come out changed after being with that time of thinking. And so Jesus is saying, hey, look, change the way you think about everything because the kingdom of God has come near. The way that you viewed religion, I'm going to completely shift that. And the way that you've seen power and, and the kingdoms of earth that, that you've seen begin to see that differently. Now, Jesus, as he stood before Pilate later on, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. He says, my kingdom is not a physical kingdom. And so the kingdom we're talking about is a supernatural, spiritual kingdom. And so one of the reasons I'm really passionate about this topic, specifically this episode, the kingdom of God, is because we have to grasp that God's kingdom is not of this world. It's not a physically manifested kingdom, right? We can't walk into a castle in the UK and walk up and see Jesus seated on the throne as king over his kingdom on this earth. It's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of heaven. We know that in scripture and revelation, it's revealed to us that God is seated on his throne. Jesus is seated at his right hand. Jesus comes and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. He's saying, recruit people and teach people about me and teach people about this kingdom and let them know that their citizenship is in heaven, that we're merely sojourners. We're just passing through on the earth. This is not our home. This is not our final resting place. If anything, scripture says that we are already seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And in Colossians chapter three, verse, I think it's verse one through three. It says, therefore, set your mind on things above and set your heart on things above where Christ is seated in the heavenly realms, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God as a spiritual supernatural realm. And we are a part of it because we are spirit, we're soul and we're body and our spirit rules. And it's our spirit that connects and communes with the spirit of God. And we're sealed and marked with the Holy spirit. And it's by that spirit that we cry Abba. And so Jesus comes and he says, look, there's a new sheriff in town. It's so cheesy. There's a new King in town. Not only that, there's a new kingdom and the way things have been, they will be no longer. And the way that you've seen the world and the way that you've understood religion and the under, the way that you've understood power and kingdoms and kings, that's going to completely shift. The kingdom of God is here. Repent. Change your mind after being with thinking. Think about it. Meditate on it. Contemplate. Wonder. In, inquisit. <laughs> Be inquisitive. Investigate. And after you've done these things, after you've considered the kingdom of God, we must see the world through a different lens, through the kingdom of God and what is true about who he is. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 says this, Then Jesus says to his disciples, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, which we know is a symbol of 
pain and death and sacrifice and love and follow me. And so this word deny and the definition is here in your notes suggest to strongly reject. And then it says, especially, especially the source that is utterly refusing to recognize the original source involved to ignore, disown or repudiate. And so I find it interesting that Jesus, he calls us to repentance. And then he says, look, if you're going to be a disciple, if you're going to be a citizen of this kingdom, if you're going to live from this kingdom of God, this invisible realm, scripture says that we believe in what is unseen for what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. So we function from an eternal unseen kingdom And Jesus says, if you're going to be a disciple, you're going to live as a citizen of that kingdom. You want to follow him. You have to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Jesus. So Jesus calls us to reject, ignore, disown, and repudiate the original source involved, which is self. And so let's take this all the way back to Genesis chapter three, and we get the fall of man. You've got the snake in the garden. You've got Adam and Eve. And, you know, God is in the garden in the cool of the day. And there's, it's Eden. Eden means pleasure. It's perfect pleasure in the presence of God with the tree of life that gives eternal life with the river of life flowing from the trees. And then you've got this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so, of course, Satan, he says, You know, did God really say you would die if you ate of the fruit? If you eat of it, you'll be like him and you'll know the difference between good and evil, just like God. So Eve eats, Adam eats. And what we have here is Satan teaching Adam and Eve what it means to be self-reliant, saying you can be like God So you don't need God. As a matter of fact, you can have the knowledge of good and evil and be like God. And so therefore you don't need God to show you what is good and what is evil. See, at that point in time, God had only given one command or he gave multiple commands, but he'd only given one restriction saying not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so he was saying, look, I'm going to be your source for all things. I've given you Eden. I've given you everything, everything you can eat, everything you can want. You know, Adam was even lonely and he was by himself. And God says, hey, look, I'm going to make you a helper. And then from Adam's womb, he makes this womb man (laughs) and he's got this woman in his life. And so he's got companionship with another human being and he's got open access to God the Father and he's got open access to every single tree in the garden and he has open access to the tree of life immortality and relationship with the creator God and he's been given rule and reign and dominion over the earth and he's to multiply and subdue it and he has all these things God is his source for all things and Satan says this he says hey Why don't you go ahead and source from self anyway? And so Jesus comes and he he corrects that and he says, hey, look, if you're going to follow me, you need to deny yourself. There needs to be self-denial. There needs to be denying yourself as source and looking to God for all things. Luke 14, 33 says this. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has, 
cannot be my disciple. And so everything that we have, our, all of our, all of the ways that we provide for self, Jesus is saying, you need to renounce that. And it's not that we have to give up our jobs and we need to sell our houses and do these things. Although we know there was one guy where Jesus told him, sell everything you have. But Jesus is saying, if you don't renounce all that you have, you cannot be my disciple. And that basically what he's saying is, look, I want to be your source of all things. Jesus wants to be our source for all things in every single way for all areas of our life. We trade all that we have and all that we are for all he has and all that he is. What a great inheritance we gain by shifting from sourcing from self to sourcing from Christ. That's what the kingdom of God is. Where does he say later on in Matthew where he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. He's saying, don't worry about these things. Don't worry about to eat, what to eat, what to wear, what to drink, where you're going to live. I mean, he, Jesus is basically saying, look, don't worry. Seek the kingdom first and all of this stuff will be added unto you. He's saying, look, there's a way that you've been living. There's a way that you've been sourcing in your life. And he's saying, I want to be that source for you. It's a matter of intimacy. It's a matter of relationship. And it's a matter of trust and saying, God, I believe you that you're going to provide every single one of my needs according to the glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Do you know that the word rich actually means to be fully resourced, to be rich and to be wealthy are two very different things. And that's why scripture tells us that how hard is it for a rich man to enter into the kingdom because the rich man is fully resourced by his own power apart from Christ. That's what he's saying. To be rich is to deny that you need to source from any other place than from self and from what you already have. And so Jesus calls us to repent He calls us to see the world through a different lens, to know that the kingdom of God is here and being part of that kingdom is no longer sourcing from ourself. And we can get into salvation where we're not saved by works so that no man can boast. If we could will forth good works and righteousness out of our own power, we wouldn't have needed Jesus to go and die on the cross. He's saying, you source for me. Jesus is our source for righteousness. Jesus is our source of grace. He's our source of relationship with the father. He's our source of any kind of fruit, right? Apart from me, you can do nothing. The branch abides in the vine. The vine will provide everything that's needed to bear much fruit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. We source from Christ in the kingdom of God. Matthew 13, 44 says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure, buried in a field that a man found and reburied. And then in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has and buys that field. So he gets rid of and sells everything that was sourced from for him. And he goes and uses that to purchase a field that has a greater treasure than what he was able to to have for himself in the first place. He realizes the worth of selling everything and gaining more than he had in the first place. Paul says, I consider it everything lost for the sake of knowing Christ. 
And the kingdom says that we give everything. We give everything that we are. We give everything that we had. We give all of our, our love. We give ourself. We die to self and we give it all to Jesus and we gain. And then Matthew chapter 13, verse 33 says this. He told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. And so here's another thing that we know about the kingdom of God is that it takes over everything. Living in the kingdom of God just doesn't mean that we sprinkle a little bit of Jesus into different areas of our lives. It means that we completely trade in all that we were and all that we had and we give it to Christ to know him to know him deeper and to gain the kingdom of God. And it takes over everything. And just a little bit of the leaven mixed in to the dough takes over everything in the kingdom of God. When we, when we, we receive Christ, we believe in Jesus as Lord and savior. We give him our lives. We become disciples. We commit to him. We enter into intimate relationship with him. We're marked with the seal of the Holy spirit that we are his consider what great love Father has for us that we become children of God when we're children of God and we begin into this process of sanctification and growing into the likeness of Christ, then the kingdom of God takes over every single part of who we are. And so it's not this half in, half out, or if you've ever heard this example where you have this house and you have 15 rooms and Jesus comes in and becomes Lord of the house and slowly but surely he starts taking over each and every single one of these rooms. But then we keep some rooms locked and we're like, no, Jesus, don't go in there. It's that kind of situation where we allow Christ access to every part of our life and we see the kingdom in every single part of our life. And so the practicality behind this is that we can begin to see the kingdom of God everywhere we go. And before I dive into that, let me just say one more thing. Matthew chapter five, verse eight says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And this word purity means unmixed. Blessed are the unmixed in heart. And so the kingdom of God works through the entire batch of dough. And there's no part of that dough that is left that hasn't been affected by the leaven. And so we have no part of our heart, no part of our lives that can remain unaffected by Christ's kingship in our lives. And so blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And I just know on a personal level that I've been in places where I've not given everything over to God. And that I've not had purity in heart, that I've still loved things in the world, that I've, I've not truly wanted to give up everything for God, but I've held on to little places of sin in my life, places where I'm okay with this sin, even though I know it's causing damage. And even though, even though I know scripture says that everything that is hidden will be brought to the light. I know that those things are going to come up and God's going to want to take them from me. But for some reason, I've held on to little things here and there. And scripture is, it says, they will see God. Do you want to see God? We'll see God if we're pure in heart. And the good news is that Jesus, or excuse me, that God says through his prophets, he says, I will give you a new heart. I will take your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. 
and I will cause you to walk in my ways. And it's the spirit of God in us that wills us to do what is uh, good according to his perfect will. And so God works in our lives to bring this about, to purify us. And so how much more than if we submit to that process? So the practical application behind this today, back to that original statement that I made, the kingdom of God requires a total shift in our thinking and a changing of the lens through which we view the world. And so to live out the kingdom in your life today, Number one, realize that the kingdom of God is among us. It's here. One version says the kingdom of God is at hand, which means it's as literally as close as your hand is to you. The kingdom of God is here. It's an invisible kingdom. We can't expect just yet, although Jesus will come back and he will rule and reign as king. Right now we live in this already here but not yet kingdom where each and every single day we can view even our workplace, the place, the places we shop, the relationships that we're in, we can know that the kingdom of God wants to fully manifest in those places and that we can see that it's here and we can live in such a way that we, we know that Christ came and he came to love. He came to point people to the father. He gave, he came to give people a proper understanding of religion and he came to show a true kingdom. He came into a political and a religious climate. And he said, look, I'm going to change the way through which you view things. And ultimately, this is a supernatural kingdom. The spirit, the spirit of the Lord is in us. And so we should see the world through a spiritual lens. Scripture says that we no longer regard anyone according to the flesh as although we once did Christ, we do so no longer, which means we don't see people according to the flesh. We know that people are spirit, body, and soul. Some people don't know Christ. And so in this world, God is bringing forth his kingdom in the hearts of men, and he's calling people into total surrender and lordship. And so we, on a daily basis, can remind ourselves not to source from self for all things, but to source from Christ for all things and all ways each and every single day. And so resolve in your heart, resolve in your mind that you decide to source from Jesus for all things and to source from his invisible kingdom and to not be reliant upon self, to not try and self-sustain and be self-reliant, but to source from Christ in all things and his kingdom. And so we're always going to end with prayer. And that's how we'll, we'll end this thing out. So let's pray together. Father, I'm so grateful for all of the listeners, those who would say, yes, God, we desire to source from you for all things. And God, I just, I even in my heart now need to say, yes, God, I, I've sourced from self. I've been self-sustaining and self-reliant in different areas of my life, even concerning my job and the way that I'm going to pay bills and get out of debt, <laughs> provide for my family. God, I've, I've in some ways sourced from my own strength and from my own riches that aren't much riches at all. But Father, I want you to be my source for all things. God, I want to, on a daily basis, 
walk in this kingdom of yours and have a kingdom mindset and a kingdom mentality and see things through a different lens. And not only that, but continue to die to self, taking up my cross daily and following you, Jesus, focusing my eyes on you, Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith. And so, Father, help me on a daily basis to see this world through a different lens, to say yes to you, Jesus, in all things, and to allow the kingdom of God to penetrate and to infiltrate every single area of my life, every single day, in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to the Kingdom Life Podcast, episode one on the kingdom of God. And be sure and stay tuned for Kingdom Life Podcast, episode two, called Strength in Weakness, the kingdom dynamic of finding strength in weakness. 